all-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. News are up here. <clears throat> Maybe a couple of weeks ago about McCaffrey and the patient hitting holes. And I think you talked about, you know, there are some runs in which there might be a hole, but you need to wait and not hit the hole because there are things that are developing. And I took it to me. Maybe downfield blockers, wide receivers, or, or whatever. Is that what you were referencing? In regard to, uh, like, which... McCaffrey, maybe last year, like, hey, you see a hole as a running back, go run for the hole. Right. But, like, he was being taught for the first time, like, maybe not in this play. You need to actually wait, 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 and then hit the hole because you might have downfield blocking, which... uh, Anyway, I just wanted to... Yeah, I'd say very few times this year has he been impatient and say this year that that's not happened now is that why there's more yards is that why he's having the the year he's had up to you know three four games I don't know that that's it exactly but I would say that there's few, there's fewer misses and his perspective there's better understanding of every play as we put it in every week he's got a much better feel for what we're doing through training camp offseason everything so yeah I, I would say that's probably a part of it I don't think he's missed anything this year I think he's been on point with all the runs in fact when this past week um, a couple plays were supposed to do something and it wasn't there and he what was available and scored. So, I mean, he, he did a great job this week. But is that my concept of, like, I'm sure a lot of running backs in the NFL, like, run through the open hole and, you know, you don't wait to run through the open hole. Is what you guys teach, like, unique or different in that? No, it's just a, it's certain styles of plays. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's a thing called with running backs, it's called, uh, I mean, every, in, in zone running, I can say this in zone running, inside and outside zone running, there's a big, uh, coaching point to press the line of scrimmage, to press the landmark. So if your landmark is the the outside leg of the tight end, if your landmark is the inside leg of the guard, you want to get as close to the line of scrimmage to set the zone blocks before you make your break. So there may be a big hole that expresses itself really early in the play, but you're three yards deep in the backfield. That hole looks like it's there, but if you cut back to that hole, not everybody's been able to set their blocks because it's not like everybody's going to block man, 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 man. We're zoning and he needs to draw defenders to the zone block and then he can then the, the whatever holes there will be on people but if he does it too soon let's say i'm going to block i'm double teaming someone here and i'm getting ready to come off and block you but the ball isn't here and you're not there and so if he cuts back you just go over there and i'm stuck over here i can't block you but if we sorry microphone but if he but if but if but if he keeps coming you come to me he draws the blockers to me 
that's what zone running is. And that's that patient piece that sometimes you go, holy cow, there it is. But when you hit it, we don't have half the guys blocked because you didn't draw the, the it's his job in zone running to bring the blockers to us. Now, when everybody's man blocking, bang, 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 everybody's on a man, whatever hole shows, you hit that hole. And Frank Gore, I want to say Frank Gore was a great gap scheme runner and man scheme because what hole was there was what you hit. And Frank could get through a slither that was that big. But if he saw it and he knew he knew the play, it's like, I'm going to hit that hole. And eventually that hole may get a little bit bigger because I know the concept of play, but it's not so much drawing uh, what zone blocking is, which is you need to press to draw the blocker, the, the defenders to the blockers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is he reading the hole or is he reading the, the landmark? He presses the landmark and he reads it. How we do it is he reads like the the like a gap. He just reads it what what starts to come over. So, for example, if you're going to run at the at the outside leg of the tight end, if there's no defender there, he's just going to run there and just keep running. But all of a sudden, the defender's there and we're blocking him out there. Then he's going to kind of start to work back, and then one gap at a time. There'll eventually we hope there's a hole. If there's not, then you just run and fall down and get three yards. You know. You're set off in the way to. to to uh, attack Parsons is to run right at him. I assume that's easier said than done. Yeah, who said that? Uh, Somebody? Various people. Various analysts people, analysts have said that. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, they can, yep, you can run at him. He's a good player. We tried to run at him, and he beats blockers and makes tackles, and you can run away from him. He's going to run really, really fast and catch up to you when you're running away from him. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do. You just have to make sure you account for him like we have every other good player we play against, and he's a great player. These other great players just have to have a plan as to how you're going to deal with them, right? You can't you can't say every single play you run away, every single play you run at him, that wears itself out as well. There has to be a balance. You have to decide what kind of plays you run at him, what kind of plays you don't run at him, and what how he defends things, what position. He, they move them all over the place, so the position matters too. You think, oh, we're going to run this play at Micah Parsons, take advantage of X, Y, or Z, and then, oh, crap, he's lined up at the three technique, or he's lined up over the center, and you're like, oh, well, that's so much for that plan. So um, you just have to have a well-balanced plan to take care of a great player, and that's what we'll hope to hope to try to do. It. It's really, really hard because he's a great one. Chris, how would you evaluate Colton? Um, the numbers seem to indicate that he struggled a little bit as a pass protector, but it also shows that you guys are averaging like four seven a carry running behind him. How would you? What does the film show? With I know he's doing a good job. He's had he's had the bad play. He's had the you know the, the Pittsburgh game is was a was an outlier. We you know we, we left him we left him to alone and and he he fought the best fight he could and he lost some battles and obviously the guy had a good day and he got beat once on Sunday and you know. The rest of the day, he had a really good day against the same players. And so whatever, I don't know the evaluation process and how it goes. Um, he's not great at any better or any worse run or pass. Obviously, you'd like to not have the, the sack he gave up. Um, but he did a bunch of really good things in the game as well. Uh, everybody's got room to improve. Our whole group up front, man, we got room to improve. Obviously, Sunday, there were some nice things in the protection game. We had a good game and so on and so forth. But there's just still, we got so much work to do to improve. And Colton's part of that process. He's got to get better. Uh, Jake, all of them do. They all got work to do. Trent, all of us. We just, it's the season, it's just different. I don't know why, I don't know how to describe it, but and, and as well as we may or may not be playing our records good, we can play better. And I think it's just the off season, training camp. You play your way into the year to see what you are. The good thing is, you know, I, I had a very high expectation. I was really hard on him in training camp. I was, I, I feel we should have hit this ground running this year. But you got to play in the games. You got to get back in the game condition. You got to, gotta, we got to, get a feel for how, we're, how how things are going this year, the defenses, how they're defending us differently based on what we did a year ago. And it's just a process. And the good thing is that I think that our, our jump-off spot different than a year ago is higher. You know, where Colton is, where the inside tier three players are, 
we jump off at a higher spot. So as we go through the season, four games in, now we keep progressing. I think it gets better and better. So I'm not down on Colton in any stretch of the imagination. Pass protection, run game wise, he's just got he's got some work to do. Frank Gore, he kind of had affinity for not running right into defenders. He didn't take the big hits. And is that something that it's a running back quality or a tendency? And does Christian have that same type of maybe tendency to not go straight onto a guy and? He saw two plays, okay? Yeah, he, he A, Christian's not afraid to take a guy on, uh, but Christian also knows how to, you know, to take a hit, as, you, as you're kind of alluding to, or not make a guy. And his ability to make a guy miss, I mean, unbelievable. We ran the, the play where Trent was leading. We kind of ran a counter play, and Trent and he were going through the hole in the first, second quarter of the game. I don't remember where it was. And there was a backside safety that came down late and was free, and he kind of just jumped over him, kind of like he jumped over the guy on the swing screen we threw to him that he scored the touchdown on. There was a free guy that dove at his leg, and he just naturally picks his leg up and makes him miss and goes on the next guy. That's the uncoachable trait. That's the trait of, holy cow. I mean, you don't, we don't stand out there and throw bags at him and make him jump over him. I mean, heck, he, he, he has that trait, and that's what he's great. You see that on tape. You see that as you evaluate the kid. He's just got a tremendous ability to, to, to make people miss, and obviously they all do. You, you have to be able to avoid uh, the big hit and know, know when to fight the good fight and when, to, when the fight's over. You, I, I think you have one target to George, and, and Debo isn't targeted and passing him. Obviously, he's coming back from an injury a little bit. And this is an offense where you have so many weapons. What do you make of that when you, when you have a game where one of them is almost not involved at all? And, and are, are guys okay with that, knowing that in the grand scheme the offense is, is executed? Well, every dog has his day, I think, in our offense. I think there are days that all of a sudden Debo comes out. He didn't think. He didn't think Ayuka a couple weeks ago comes back from injury. He didn't expect that day. They just Sometimes they just happen. Sometimes it's the way the defense plays. Sometimes it's a play called at just the right time. You know, Other times you have the play designed for George, and you call four of them, and you catch the wrong defense. Or you know you have the play designed for Debo last week, and oh, darn, you catch. It just was, wasn't right. And then all of a sudden, everyone you called for Ayuk, bingo, we, we had the right, we hit the right coverage in the right play. So it's not like the plays aren't called or designed to get to everybody. And that's what the players understand. We put this play in for this coverage. We put this play in for this defense. And oh, here we called it. And guess what? It's not there. Or guess what? You're wide open for a touchdown and the right tackle isn't good enough. Or the running back or the quarterback misses the throw or X, Y, or Z happens. And next thing you know, it isn't there. So it's not, it's not. Well, I don't know what I don't, I don't, I've never played the, the Madden game or any of that stuff. I don't know what they are, but it's not, you can say I'm throwing it to George and you can throw it to George. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't work like that. There is a coverage. You read it and you do the best you can, and some of them you can design. That's why sometimes, um, not not forcing, but you you can always say, okay, I'm going to throw a screen to Debo, right? I can hand Debo the ball. You can always, but it's a little bit harder to do that with George. It's a little bit harder to do that with Ba and 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 with Christian. Same thing. You can. You can throw him a screen. You can throw him a check down. You can hand him the football. You can guarantee his touches. With the other guys, it sometimes gets harder. But they know their day's coming. And next thing you know, George, one of these days, will have a, a breakout day. And, and some will be by design, and some will just because that's the way the play to, played out. How short of a time Brock's been a starting quarterback in the NFL? Is his processing to go through what you just talked about pretty remarkable? Yeah, I mean, he's he just the guy plays the position really well. I mean, that's all I can say, that he's just a quarterback. I mean, from the time whenever he started playing it, he just sees the field, um, his ability to know where to go with the football. I don't know what that's a product of. I don't know if it's his previous coaching. I don't know if it's his coaching now. Uh, it's probably a culmination of everything together. I always think some of it is when you look at a guy's uh, physical abilities, uh, you look at his height, weight, um, you look at his speed, you, look at, you, you realize that as a shorter, as a little bit shorter guy, you know, certain things you have to be pretty quick to do because it's that pocket. You're not 6'4 Tom Brady that can stand there like a statue as the world's coming at you and still deliver the ball. 
you have to make quick. I don't know that that's it. I, I really don't. But I'm saying there's sometimes it's a byproduct of um, a your coaching is growing up you, you as a kid and just how you survive and play the position and you learn to play the position. You learn I need to get through my progression properly if I'm going to have the space and the, and the pocket I need to deliver the football. And now he's taking a step to this level where now the defenders are bigger, the rush is more uh, intense. Uh, this week he you know he'll know he played against these guys last year. It's going to be very intense and uh, being able to make decisions and deliver the ball accurately is just something that he's learned do over time and it, it is remarkable because you know some guys never learn it some guys are always late to throw the ball they're just going to rely more on arm talent they're going to they're going to wait for a guy to get open before they throw it and still get away with it or they're going to lie on their feet and say i don't care if the pocket's coming in around me i'm going to make a play that was manning i mean when i was with peyton sometimes you would say he didn't even let the, the play developed develop he'd say well it's cover two this ball's going to the check down well yeah it's going to check down if cover two plays out like cover two and literally they get back there and they stop this so then you're going to go the check down Peyton would sometimes say, because he'd say, well, if this rush, if it was a really big rush team, I'm not going to be able to elude this rush. So I have to make the decision now. So it's cover two, bang, bang, bang. That ball's going to check down. It's single high. I, this, this is where the ball should go. I'm going to believe what I see. I'm letting the ball rip on single high. And I'm not going to wait because of his who he was, right? He wasn't going to be able to extend plays like a Mahomes or, or guys. See what I'm saying? So there's, there's all those physical limitations with a guy that then tie into how they have to play the position, understanding everything that goes into it. So sometimes it, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. So you could leave the you could leave the tight end in the block. You could use your backs to block. You guys, looking at the numbers in the first month, have allowed the offensive line to be on an island largely, and you're getting five out in the pattern. You're making them defend the entire field, and Brock's getting rid of it quick. Why is that the plan? Why is that the preferred plan? Do you think? Uh, I, I think there's a lot of different reasons to do something. Again, Kyle's got a lot of different reasons for doing it. Um, one thing is, you know, when you're not certain, to me, this is me talking, when you're not certain what they're going to be in, if I know they're going to be in single high and I know I'm, I, have, I, I can probably get fewer guys, when I don't know if I may get a three-man rush, a four-man rush, I may get cover two. I mean, I need all my guys out so I can progress and have someone to go to. I leave a tight end in, all of a sudden it's not the right coverage, and I want to throw the ball to Ayuk, but now I don't have the, the flare control underneath it. I can't. I'm holding the ball because this guy's blocking. I may have 10 days to throw the ball, but there's nobody open. So maybe it's – and I can't answer that question as to why we decide to do that more. Uh, I'm assuming it is uh, for some of those reasons because maybe you don't know exactly what they're going to be and you're trying to give your, your quarterback the most options. Maybe it's the way Kyle feels best about attacking that defense. Maybe it's the way we feel uh, Brock – those are good plays for Brock and getting the guys out with the options. Um and then sometimes, you know, it's the, it's there's so many variables that go into it, but that's a good observation. And and usually what it is, and I think that led a little bit to the Pittsburgh game where there was a little bit uncertainty. All of a sudden, you're, you got, boy, they're not playing like we thought they were going to play. Uh, we need to get these guys out to be sure. And all of a sudden now you're leaving Colt maybe in some more one-on-ones that we hadn't planned on doing. But, boy, if we leave the chipper in there, sure, T.J. Watt, but then <laughs> there's nowhere to go with the ball. You're holding the ball longer, and then the other guys start showing up. And then it's like, well, you took care of T.J., but the quarterback didn't even want to throw the ball. So that's that constant trade-off, and, and it's that cat-and-mouse game of what are they in, what do we have called, how do we get to the right play. It's not like we come to the line of scrimmage every play and we aren't Peyton Manning it, right? We're not Omaha, Omaha checking some other play and then throwing the ball. You know, we know what they're in or we're able to see what they're in. We're calling it, and, and, and he's executing it, and that's where we end up. So, Thank you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.